I've heard people say that too much of anything is not good for you, baby. Watch you, what's a cat? up that series uh, today, and, and lo and behold, you'll be driving, and you're going to notice those even more now. Everywhere you're going to go, you'll be looking, there's another one, there's another one. And uh, as you could see in the, in the video, there's a variety of different circles that we're in, but we're all in a variety of circles. Uh, we're calling them family circles, but there's also circles that you experience outside of your family, uh, your work. There's a circle of relationships. Uh, in your neighborhood where you live, there's a circle of relationships. And in these circles, what we've been looking at the last few weeks is uh, how important it is to kind of learn how to relate and to treat each other in a certain way that actually makes life enjoyable in the circle. Because the thing about a circle is you're inside of it and the other people are too. And the degree that, that you understand how important the relationships are, that really impacts your life and the lives of others within your circle. And so we're wrapping up the series, but before we do that, I wanted to kind of give you a picture of where we've been the last couple weeks. Uh, we talked the first week about right things from the wrong place and how unmet expectations, it unravels family life. Uh, really, the plan that you have for the people in your life can actually destroy the relationship. If you have plans for somebody really close to you about what they should do and how they should do it, it really can deteriorate the relationship with that person. Uh, only God can meet uh, our deepest needs. And that's what we've been looking at. It doesn't happen looking to the person in your family circle. And so we must trust God to meet our expectations and set our hearts to bless others. So that was week one. Uh, last week, we talked about yours, mine, and ours. And uh, a major problem in, in family life is where we blur the boundary lines that exist where we are dependent upon people when we should be independent, when we look to people to really take care of the things that really we should be taking care of. And we looked at the importance of handling our stewardships in a way that actually treats our responsibilities as something very serious. And so we don't want to be dependent people, and we don't want to be people that rescue either, that see people that have these needs and always think that you're the person that's going to help solve the problems that they experience. And so we talked about how important it is to respect the boundaries and to do what's loving to the people that you relate to. And so that's where we've been. Today we're talking about uh, communication and up we go and looking at really communication should be something that builds people up, not tear down. And that, that makes a lot of sense to us just listening to that. Yeah, our speech should be helpful. But if you're like me, communication is one of those things that is actually, it's very difficult and the more you talk, the more you can get into trouble. Uh, but no matter how little or how much you talk, there is so many different ways that communication can get us into trouble. 
And I was thinking, in today's world, it's so interesting. We're the most connected because of technology that we've ever been. But have you realized, if you're like me, sometimes technology actually impacts communication more than ever. Uh, recently, I was at the dinner table uh, with my family, and my wife began talking to me about something. And before I knew it, there's a thing called a cell phone that said, pick me up, read an email. And I did that the whole time this like, conversation was happening, and I didn't even realize it. And I'm reading this email, and then a thought came and said, she's talking to you, and you have no idea what she's saying. And then I heard like that voice inflection, like a question. And that's when you know you're in trouble, because there was a question. I didn't know even what we were talking about. And so the, the question was made, and I looked, and I began to get read. And you look to, you know, to my wife, honey, I, I didn't listen to a word that you just said. But I did check an email that somebody sent me. Technology, it, it gets us into trouble. We can connect, but at the same time, we can disconnect from the people that we're connecting with and relating to on a, on a daily basis. And so we can be a variety of different roles in communication. You can be the talker. Uh, you can be the disengager as people are talking. Like, you know that there's noise, but you're not sure if you're actually supposed to listen to the words that are coming out of the mouth of the person speaking to you. Um, you could be the distracted you could be a salesman in your approach to communication. There's something that you need them to understand, and you're selling it. Uh, we all play different roles. And so what is helpful for us, take 15 seconds and think through, what kind of a communicator are you? Are you the listener, the talker, the salesman, the, the unengaged, the distracted? Just think of that. There's no quiz. You don't have to mark that on your connection card. But just take a moment. Take 10 seconds. What kind of a communicator or a listener are you as you relate to those in your family circles? And if you didn't know what I just said, I know which one you are. Now, it's difficult to do, right? It's difficult to think that through. And if you're like me, some of the time you're thinking through the people that you relate to. Well, I know what they are, right? But it's good. Take a step back and think through, what am I? Because I know what he is. I know what she is. But what am I? And what you find is as you really look at communication, you look at a lot of the problems that exist, it, it really is most of the time with communication problems that frustrate relationships. Now, there's something deeper going on. But communication problems really attribute to so many problems in marriages, in family life, at the workplace, with friends. It's this thing called communication that, that, that ends up destroying a lot of the relationship that God has intended us to have. So I want to spend a little bit of time looking at the communication patterns that, that tend to frustrate. The first thing is, is avoiding important issues. If you avoid important issues with the people that you care about, you're really missing out on some of the things that you need to talk about in a relationship. Now, most of the time, now this is a generalization, but most of the time, there's a certain role, like in marriage, where a woman wants to talk about the important issues and men want to watch SportsCenter, right? There's this idea that we could talk about this, but it's always later, okay? But the thing is, with important issues, it's something that where you actually get to have a 
a visualization and a sense of this is where the relationship is. Let's talk about the things that are really important. Let's talk about what's going on. As we talk about important issues, you get this picture of what the relationship is. If you avoid it, you don't really know what's going on with the other person. It's the same with your kids. If you don't talk about important things with your kids, you don't know what's going on in their heart. You don't know what they're thinking about, what they're struggling with, what they're dealing with in their world, in their circles. And so talking about important issues is crucial. Finding out how the kids are doing is crucial. Talking through problems that you may experience at work is crucial. Talking about things within the the relationships of those that you care about. All these things happen as you talk about important issues. A lot of times we can avoid these important issues by shutting down. Uh, An important issue comes up and you think, oh, I just, sure, we can talk about it. And you just, you're not really looking at the person, you're disengaging. The thing is, you you don't want to talk about it. A lot of times that's from fear because you don't really want to think through why are things the way that they are? Why are you doing this? Why are they doing that? And it's just this, we're just going to shut down. Let's, not, let's just not do this right now. And you avoid it. This is something we all deal with. We, we just kind of want to shut down or we want to avoid it. Or there's another thing that happens as we, as we do this. We, we can be sarcastic or we can kind of bite at the people that we're relating to. A lot of times when we're sarcastic, there's a problem that we've not dealt with or brought up in the relationship. And they do something, and all of a sudden, this sarcastic reaction, like, well, yeah, that's what you always do. The person's thinking, I just was like, you want ketchup or mustard? Like, what? Whoa, what's going on? A lot of times when you avoid the important issues, stuff's going underneath the surface, problems that are not being talked about, whether it's by expectations or real problems, or whatever it is, and it begins to bubble under the surface. And if you don't deal directly, and you do it with sarcasm or attacking the person, it makes it even harder to deal with the real things that need to be talked about. So this is something we have to get a handle on. Another thing, which I already kind of mentioned as we looked at the profile of how we listen, is you just don't listen. That could be an issue that that you may deal with today. You, You just don't listen to the people in your life. That's a a pattern that really does frustrate. Uh, if you're a parent, you can see this as you talk to your kids, and you're telling your kid to do something, and you think, this is really going to be good if they get this and they do it, and they're like, yeah, sure, and they run off, and you're, there's no, they didn't even hear a word I just said. They're thinking, sprinklers, summer, let's play. But we do this even as adults, And like I mentioned in my own life, that can happen a lot of times by being focused on other things, whether it's technology, whether it's the things that I'm concerned about at work, whether it's things I'm concerned about just in other relationships, but that not listening causes a lot of problems. You don't really get to talk about the important issues because there's no active listening uh, going on. And even listening is, is a struggle because sometimes you say things and there's the whole issue of, are they hearing what I'm saying? Uh, is there anything that I'm saying that I wish I'm not saying? Or are they interpreting it in a way that I wish that I wasn't? And it's this whole web of a mess. And so listening and getting on the same page and understanding what each other are saying and what each other are meaning is, is very important. The last, category, the last category of things that frustrate is be, becoming overly emotional as you're trying to communicate. This happens in a variety of ways. It can come in the way of just frustration and anger that just 
comes out, I don't want to talk about that right now. Or why are you doing that? And it, it comes up with raised voices, just frustration, or it can become just overly emotional. You break down in the relationship. You just, you shut down. You cry. You, you just, you don't want to talk about this. It's just a huge mess. Whether it's anger or whether it's crying or becoming overly emotional, these things really, they, they, they block the flow of good communication. And all these things you've experienced, I've experienced, they are frustrating. And sometimes you have to take a step back and you think, why, why, is, that, why is that going on? Why is this happening? Why is there all this friction? We're going to be looking at a lot of Proverbs today, and Proverbs is part of the wisdom literature of the Bible, which just really is like sayings that bring a lot of kind of light uh, to relationships. They kind of show you how life works as you relate to people, as you do work, and all these things. And there's a proverb in 2911 that says, fools give full vent to their rage, but the wise bring calm in the end. That's what I'm talking about. There's this picture of the foolish patterns that we cling to in communication, which is we just give full vent. We just have something that we want the person to hear, something that's on our mind, and we think, here it is, and we just unload it on them. And it just hits like a lead balloon. It just hits them. And then you get the other side of it. But the wise bring calm. So you get this picture of communication. There's this calm or there's this storm. What I want to talk about today is how do we experience this, this calmness and peace as we communicate to those people that we care about? And the thing that's going on underneath the surface in our communication is really a problem that we all have. And it's sin, but it's even this, this categorization of, of it's this stubborn selfishness. And you see that in communication. You have an idea... This idea is very important to you. You don't want to change your idea because you want that goal that you have. And this stubborn selfishness comes out in communication because you don't want to listen to the other person because what if that goes against the goal that you have? And we all have these goals. And this stubborn selfishness is something that's ingrained into us. And it's something that God wants to help us with. So the storm is really within our hearts. And when our mouths open, that comes out like a hurricane. So what God wants to do is he wants to show us that as we look to him, he helps us to deal with the stubborn selfishness that's within us. That's really what's going on behind the scenes. The things that we want, the things that are important to us, but what do we do in the midst of that? What do we do with this, this problem? So we're going we're gonna to spend some time talking through that. So let me give you kind of the category of the guidelines for, for good communication. Uh, in the Bible, the aim for communication, the aim for speech and words is always to build up. The aim is to always build up the people that you speak to. And this is found in Ephesians 4.29. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as as good for building up. That's beneficial. So speak things that are beneficial as fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear. And so I want to just break each kind of one of those phrases down so we can pull out all the truths of, of this, this verse. The first part is, let no corrupting talk come out of your mouth. The corrupting talk is really uh, like rotten or worthless words. And if you ever are not sure if you say that, it happens at that moment when you say something 
And all of a sudden, you see how somebody received it, their face, and you think, oh, why did I say that? Why did I say that to my son, to my daughter, to my coworker, to my boss, to my friend, to my wife, to my husband? You just, it comes out and you think, oh, that was worthless. That did not help at all. It may have felt good for that split second because you told them what was on your mind and then you see how it lands. It's saying, let, let no, nothing worthless come out of your mouth. Can you imagine if we actually did that? If you decided, like, I'm not going to let anything worthless or something that's corrupt, that's just rotten, come out. Would we speak more or less? Right? Isn't that a challenge? You'd be walking around like me just... We're learning sign language. Hi, how are you? Good. Because once that opens, it's easy for that rotten to come out. This is what's great about the Bible. It gives you just a different picture. Not just a little bit. Maybe you could let some. It's like, let no. No corrupting talk come out of your mouth. Uh, if it's worthless, it doesn't help the person. You don't say it. So what should we say? Well, only such that's good for building up. The idea of building there is like an architect that builds a house. And so we're supposed to speak to people in a way that we want to help them build a life. We want to construct our words in a way that encourages them. It allows them to have a, a grasp on what they need to do. It, it's this encouragement. It's this challenge. It, it actually gives you a picture of what your life should be. Worthless talk doesn't do that. But speech that, that builds does. Uh, we don't just want to say things that are going to make the person feel good. We actually want to say things that are going to help people in the long term. You give them actually a picture of what life is like, how God designed it. That's... That's critical. So nothing rotten, but something that builds. As fits the occasion, this is a challenge to me. This is according to the need of the moment. Timing is crucial for great communication. Now, you may understand this better than I, but I think if it's in my head, there's no time like today, right now. And as I relate to the people that are close to me, I realize that there are oftentimes times when I should proceed and say something, and times when I should step back, put my hand over my mouth, and not say anything at all. There's this idea of it, it needs to fit the occasion. They need to be at a place where they understand what you're trying to say. And so timing, again, isn't just about what you have on your mind that you want to tell them, but you're thinking, if I want this to be a help for them, if I want this to help them build something, when is it a good time for them to hear it? So sometimes you just ask, hey, I'd like to talk about something. Uh, is there a time that you have where we could sit down and talk? Now, if you're in a marriage, you're thinking, okay, uh, um, yeah, maybe it's not a big deal. Maybe it is a big deal. But always talking about a time where you could talk is good. So you pick that time. With your kids, you may not want to do it in the middle of, they're playing, they got all their friends. You're like, hey, come here, let's talk. I'm on the playground. We'll be done soon. No, maybe let them play, run around, then fit, you know, pick your spots. So as fits the occasion. The last part, that it may give grace to those who hear. So just in this verse, you see just so many different 
parameters that can help us in our speech. This is really the outcome for, for any communication, that it imparts grace, that I give words that they're going to strengthen. When the goal is to strengthen, it's not just about rules. It is about the relationship. You want to be a help to the people that you're relating to. And so a lot of times, you, you need to know how it's going to land. You need to think through, is this going to be a hard thing for them to hear? How can I say it in a way that's going to make them feel loved? This is especially true with, with kids. So crucial. What's the goal? Is the goal to get it off your chest or is the goal to give them a, a vision for how this can be a blessing to their life if they get this right or if they do this differently or if they treat someone like this? You want to give them a picture of this makes a difference. So we need help. We need wisdom to know the right timing, how is it going to fit, and then how to impart grace so they're encouraged. It's the same in our marriages, and it's the same at work. How do we speak in a way where people don't feel crushed by the words that we say? I, I have three young kids, and from day to day in, in my household, there's all sorts of communication that's happening. Some verbal, some nonverbal, some grunting, like, mm, that means mine, right? But recently, you know, we've been working with, with my daughter who's six and my son who's four on you know, how, how to speak to each other so that you want to listen. So, you know, you say it in a certain way. It means you have a certain tone. Uh, you want to help them. And to the kids, they're like, that, what? He has the toy I want. If I yell, he'll know I want it. That makes complete sense. And I think, yeah, I, I get that. I feel that all the time and m- myself. And, I, we're, you know, we've been coaching them through it. And recently they were uh, hanging out uh, with a babysitter and... Uh, they were playing a game, and my son you know, couldn't get past like the first level in sorry. And it's like that's a great name for the game for him because he's like he can't he couldn't move. He's not doing anything in the game. He's just sitting. And I guess he had a great attitude. Like he's like it's okay, you know. And he's like really battling through this and trying to make a good choice. And my daughter came up, and first thing I was like, hey, did you have fun? She's like, yeah. You know what, Levi did. And I was like, uh oh, because usually you're like, how much do I owe? somebody, right? But you know what Levi did? He had a great attitude. He couldn't get past the first level. He was stuck, but he had a great... And I thought, here's my daughter getting really excited about my son who made a good choice. And right there, this was the picture I had. She was using her speech to actually give grace to Levi to show that he's he's learning and she was all excited. And, And I see Levi and he's like, he was like, wow, my sister, like, she cares. Like, I knew that, kind of, but she does. And it was like, I just took a step back, and I'm seeing this, and I'm like, thank you, God. <laughs> you get those, those glimpses, and maybe a year or two from now, we'll get one more, but it was, it was a beautiful picture. She decided to use her speech in a way that built him up. And as I looked at him, he was like empowered, like, I'll even play that game again. That was it. She used an occasion to bless him, to his parents, her parents, to make someone actually, in that moment, look better than her, and it made a deep impact on him. This is the picture. It built him up. So you always want to aim to build the relationships with those people that you care about. 
Second thing is you want, you want to seek to understand before seeking to be understood. There's another verse that's very helpful that has just so much meaning packed into it. James 1.19. It says, Know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. Notice what you're supposed to be quick to do. Quick to hear. So you're supposed to be quick to listen. This is actually a command to, to listen first. Before we speak, before we let our emotions get involved, we have to ask ourselves, have I heard what they've said? Not just the words, but have, have I heard what they've said? Have I understood what they mean? And if not, I clarify because I want to know what that person is saying. Their words are so important to me that I care what they say and the meaning behind what they've said. So quick to hear, slow to speak. If you want to know what it's like to listen, just slow down your response as you communicate with people. You may already do that, or it may not make complete sense to you. There's a part in a conversation where just because there's empty space, you don't have to fill it with words. Did you realize that? I'm an extrovert. That like doesn't kind of make sense to me. But there's this part here that the command to listen means I'm going to let them say it. I'm going to see if they have anything else to say. Then I'm going to take the time to think, what did they say? Is that what they meant? And are we on the same page here? That's what the scripture is saying. You're slow to speak. You're quick to listen. And then you're slow to become angry. So don't let the emotions get right here before you know what they've said. It, it's, it's very important. So we always want to aim to build, and then we want to always seek to understand the person we're communicating to within our circle before we want them to understand us. The, these two things, looking to build and seeking to understand, these two things are transformational in relationships. They transform marriages. They transform friendships. Conflict at the office. If people listened and wanted to understand, how much more efficient would a company be? How much more could get accomplished? What would the morale be? This, this transforms. This is what the Bible does. It gives you this new picture of reality, of how life really works. And as you live by it, and as you apply it, and you, you kind of deal with this stubborn selfishness within you, as you commit yourself to Christ, and you realize that he, He's the only one that can help you with this, it, it makes a huge difference. And so I want to wrap up, talk a little bit more about practically, how do we do this as we look to build? Well, it means that we need to commit to certain things and delete certain things in our speech. Deleting is actually as important as saying the right things. Because deleting means I'm going to not let a word come out that is not going to help the person that I'm communicating to. So I want to just spend the rest of the message talking about th these characteristics of speech. So we're supposed to speak words that are kind and considerate and delete words that are rash. Proverbs 31.26 says this, she opens her mouth with, with wisdom, and her teaching of kindness is on her tongue. Proverbs 31 is like this picture of like the super 
wife, super mom. And if you look at Proverbs 31, you just see this characteristic of this, of this godly woman. And here they're talking about how does this godly woman speak and communicate? And there's kind of three parameters that are kind of woven in here. And it's part of speech is knowing when to correct, when to coach, and when to comfort. It's all crucial for speech that is going to help the person you're talking with. So in, in a relationship with your kids, we shouldn't always be thinking, well, I need to correct their, their idea here. It's not quite right. I need to correct them. Uh, we also shouldn't always be thinking, oh, they're, they're really struggling. I need to comfort them. Some of the time, you actually need to think through, how, how can I coach them? How can I give them a sense of what they're doing maybe is not helpful or coach them like what they're doing is helpful and encourage them? And, but correction, coaching, comforting, all these things, this is what the wise person does. Okay, and, and the, the opposite, Proverbs twelve eighteen. there is one whose rash words are like sword thrusts, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. Isn't that a great description of speech? Like a sword. You may not know if you've done that before, just had words that come out there just like swords, but you felt it before. All of us can recall a time where someone said something and it just cut us. You can have memories way back to your childhood of this. This stuff sticks. This idea of rashness is it just it comes out without thinking and it just cuts. And again, the opposite of that storm, of that sword is, but the tongue of the wise, it brings what? It brings healing. That's the hope. It brings, brings healing. They're going to say something in the moment that will help the person. Okay, next, we should speak words that, that are gracious, and we should delete words that are, that are harsh. Proverbs 16, 24, gracious words are like a honeycomb, sweetness to the soul and health to the body. Uh, gr- gracious words are, are really words, like I mentioned, that, that you're really looking to help them build the life that makes a difference to God. And so you're thinking through, what can I do that, that's going to give them a clear picture of what's going on in their life, a clear picture of maybe some things that they need to do, some promises or some truth that they need to think about. That's what the gracious are thinking. Let's give them these words that they can cling to, and it's going to be like honey. Harsh words, it's, it's like poison. It, it doesn't help at all. It tears down. The thing that they're trying to build, it just destroys it. And so we want to stay away from the, those words. Uh, Proverbs 15.1, a soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. You've been relating to somebody, and you're fired up inside. Maybe they did something wrong, and you just want to let them have it. And you're just thinking through all the things that you're going to say and then the counter to what you think they're going to say. And you're just fired up and you talk to them and you're just angry inside and you, you let them have it. And, and they respond to you in a way like, you know, I really appreciate you letting me know that. And all of a sudden, all your plans for their life and what you were going to say goes out the window. Because they're, they're not battling you. They've... They've taken it. They've, they've actually showed what it means to receive it graciously. That, that's, what, that's what I'm talking about. The harsh word stirs up anger, but a soft answer, it turns away wrath. 
That's huge. Especially in the midst of the emotional times in communicating, especially with those that we care about. We just we have all these feelings that we think they should do. We think that they think what we should do and all this stuff, and it's just weighing in on us. And the soft answer, it's like sweet. It's like honey. It turns, it turns away this, this storm that's brewing. We should also speak words that commend knowledge, delete words that pour out folly. This, this idea of commend knowledge in Proverbs 15.2, the tongue of the wise commend knowledge, but the mouths of fool pour out folly. It's this idea of you want to speak in a way that you're not just kind of opening your mouth and just letting it flow. There's a word I use a lot in my life. It's like, you just feel it. Well, in speech, a lot of times you don't want to feel it because what you feel is, I want to take them out. But you don't want to say that, okay? It's very important. So there's this idea of I want to speak in a way that I'm saying what's necessary. I'm cutting off all those things that aren't helpful cutting off those things that I really want to say, but I know are not gracious. I know won't build them up. And so I'm deleting that. Very important. And then the, the, the last category is you want to speak words that are gentle and delete words that are perverse. Proverbs 15, 4, a gentle tongue is a tree of life, but perverseness in it breaks the spirit. If you're a parent today, you want to make sure that you don't break the spirit of your kids. Uh, you want to break their will. You want them to understand that they're not the boss in family life. They can't call the shots and say, this is how we're going to do it. They need to know that, that as parents, you're the boss. But you need to do that in a way that they realize who they are, who you are, at the same time not breaking their spirit. It's this idea of, of, of crushing the gentle tongue is a tree of life. It, it actually, it provides growth for them. So as you're working with your kids and correcting your kids, or even if you're a boss and you have people under you and you need to correct them on different things that, that they need to do differently, you want to do it in a way where they get a picture of how to move forward, how to think differently, a different perspective, but at the same time, not to the point where they think, I can't ever do it right. I can't ever please Mom, I can't ever please dad. I can't ever please my boss. The spirit may, may be crushed. So we wanna, you want to pay attention to that. And if you've spoken in a way with this, this harshness or rashness, the best thing that you can do in any relationship is recognize what you did was wrong. And you ask for forgiveness. That's how the honeycomb opens back up in the relationship. That's how the sweetness pours forth. You know what I just said to you? I was angry and I was upset and it was wrong. What I said was hurtful to you and I was harsh. Will you forgive me? The person that you're relating to sees that you, you care about them. You recognize what you did was wrong and it, this makes such a difference in relationships. So if you fall in one of these categories and you struggle with one of these patterns... There's hope. As you deal with the stubborn selfishness, as you look to, to Jesus to help you with your life, as you mess up, you, you clean it up. That's what makes the difference. As you do life God's way, even as we blow it and as we say things we shouldn't say, and as we're focused on ourselves instead of the person, we clean up when we mess up. 
That's really the hope that we have. And that's how the relationship is built. And it's not just blown away because of the, the relating patterns that exist. It actually stands secure on a foundation that, that God holds together. So in closing, there's another proverb. We've had a lot of Proverbs today, but Proverbs 15.3. This is a good reminder to me. It says this, The eyes of the Lord are in every place, keeping watch on the evil, keeping watch on the evil and the good. There's this picture of, you know, God is watching. And we want to think through, how can I please God in this moment as I relate to this person, as I speak to them? How can I please the God that is watching? And so I, I, I encourage you, think, think through that chart that I just went over. Are there any patterns in your speech that, that you tend to kind of cling to? Are you, are you harsh? Are you rash? Because sometimes you just speak foolishness. You just kind of what comes out and it's, it's not really thought through. You just throw it on people. Think through that. Is there any patterns on that chart that you fall into? All of us have this bent that we kind of go towards, and identifying that's helpful as we look to trying to make a difference and try to change in the way that we communicate. So think through that. Maybe put a star by one of those on that chart. That could be something that you could look at later. There's those proverbs. You could maybe look at the delete proverb, look at the uh, cling to proverb, then ask, ask God to help you. So while you're thinking through that, I also want you to pull out your connection card. I'm going to wrap up the message and go through some next steps. Uh, why don't the band come up as we wrap up the service? On that connection card, there's some different things that we suggest every week. And these are ways that you can think through, how do I take what I've heard? How do I take the truth of some of the scriptures and think through, how does that apply to my life? Because what you find in scriptures is a blessing comes in the doing, not just the knowing. We need to know because that helps us to do. And so these next steps are ways that you can kind of think through, how can I apply this? And so there may be some on there that you want to do. There may be something else that you thought through or you thought of, and you can do that as well. It doesn't have to be these. The first is uh, you may want to memorize Ephesians 4.29. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only uh, such as good for building up as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. Uh, The second is ask God to help me delete... And write the kind. Is it rash or harsh? Whatever that is. And speak and write the opposite. That would be the chart. Uh, The third one, I will work on listening more to and write a person's name. Is there someone that you relate to and you think, I really need to listen to them more? Write their name on there. And then the last things is if you want to invite someone to the box office wisdom, uh, write their name down on there. That'd be great. Uh, If you want to attend the 101 class like I mentioned earlier, Uh, or the Moms Meetup that's coming up June 13th, uh, you can mark those on there as well. Uh, After I pray, we're going to be receiving our offering, and as it comes by, go ahead and drop that completed connection card in there. Let's pray together. God, thank you for a different picture of how communication works. Uh, It's so easy to just think about ourselves and to focus on our own goals and to focus on what we want in our circles, with all the different relationships that we have. God, thank you for another way, for a different reflex that we can have as we look to you for help. And God, I pray that you'll 
Just allow us to be more active listeners with our kids, with our spouses, with our coworkers, with our friends, with our extended family, anyone that we're relating to, God. Just help us to listen, to think through how to be a blessing, just to try to understand the people that we're talking to and relating with. God, if there's any patterns of speech that we have that, that really are destroying our relationships or just sowing seeds that are just going to kind of bloom something that we don't want, that doesn't please you, uh, just help us to pinpoint that. God, we, we do pray for your, just your strength to guide us as we look to, to take this seriously. And thank you for your graciousness with us as we mess up, as we do things our own way. You, you really do bring us back to a, a clear picture of what it means to live life in a way that pleases you and blesses those that we relate to. And so we thank you for being that God who, who helps us uh, in the moment. In the name of Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.